What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to the recap of NXT New Year's Evil. Now, I know, I know, it's been weeks since NXT New Year's Evil came out, and obviously I'm a little behind on the NXT recaps. I'm, you know, at least a couple weeks behind, and I do plan on putting out all the NXT recaps uh, this week. 
I just wanted to put New Year's Evil on its own separate track because it is a big deal. But the NXT that took place yesterday and the one that took place last week, those are going to be on a separate track together. But like I said, New Year's Evil was a special event, so I wanted to put it on its own separate episode devoted to it. And the reasons for why I've been so far behind is for two reasons. One, I've been working with uh, Buff Bagwell. That's been a big part of it. And two is because I've been sick the last couple weeks. And that's all I'm going to say about that for now. There will be a separate episode where I will address that further. But I just wanted to give my reasons for why the show hasn't been out, why I haven't come out with any recaps, and then just jump right in to where I need to be. So let's get started with the recap of New Year's Evil. And we kick things off with the first official match of the evening. For the championship unification match, Carmelo Hayes with Trick Williams defends the North American Championship against Roderick Strong with the Diamond Mine, who is defending the Cruiserweight Championship against Carmelo Hayes. And this match was solid right from the get-go. This, These two guys left it all on the line in this match. It was, by, it was definitely a classic match. Um, I believe, uh, Wade Barrett said it was a early match of the year candidate. And I don't deny that these two guys put on a hell of a wrestling clinic. There were some spots in the match, but they were spots that were planned, timed out and believable. Nothing. These guys did in the ring looked fake. And that's the best compliment I can give a match like this in the year 2022. These guys killed each other in this match. I thought it was incredible. The back and forth action, the near falls, the punishment that was dished out. You could tell at the end when Carmelo Hayes hit the leg drop off the top rope, got the one, two, three. Trick Williams actually had to help Carmelo Hayes get up on the turnbuckle to celebrate. That's how much pain he was in. And 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 Trick Williams, I don't know if he realized this or not, but by doing that, he made Roderick Strong look strong. Like, yeah, Carmelo Hayes won the match, but Roderick brought the fight to him. It hit him with every move he could possibly think of. His the, the backbreaker Messiah was, you know, definitely breaking his back. Uh, definitely with the, um, the Olympic slam, I thought almost ended it. And of course, Malcolm Bivens as a manager looking scared. And then as soon as uh, Roderick would kick out, he'd get that smile and lick his lips, like that evil look on his face. Like, yeah, my man's still in the game. It was just great psychology, great storytelling, great action the whole time. You know, even Carmelo Hayes locking in the Boston Crab, making him think, you know, Roger's going to tap out, but he breaks free. Just these guys worked so well together in this match. I couldn't be happier for both these guys. And I did find it weird because even though Carmelo's holding up both belts, they're basically getting rid of the Cruiserweight Championship. And the North American Championship is the only title that NXT is going to have, which I enjoy because the Cruiserweight title matches weren't really doing anything. And plus, the Cruiserweight title is basically a spot monkey belt anyway. And the last thing we need in wrestling is something that accentuates the spot monkeys. They don't deserve to be accentuated. They 
deserve to be exterminated and sent to obscurity where they belong. Go to 205 Live and do that stupid shit because real wrestling don't provide that. So, in the end, great opening match. Great way to kick off the show. Next, we see Braun Breaker arriving at the arena. Then, Tommaso Champ is backstage holding Goldie. When in walks AJ Styles, Ciampa says he looks ready for a fight. Styles says he's going to take care of Waller and wishes Ciampa luck in his match. And the whole time these two were talking, I was thinking what most wrestling fans are thinking. And that is, God, I love to see the two of them lock up. That would be a great match to see. Tommaso Ciampa versus AJ Styles. That would be a hell of a great match. And with everything that's going down with AJ Styles on Monday Night Raw, I would love to see AJ Styles just come to NXT. I don't think it would be a demotion for him because he's pretty much done it all on Raw and SmackDown. There's nothing left for him to do on the main roster except maybe win the Universal Championship or the Intercontinental Championship. So he, so everything that's on Raw, AJ's already done. He's been the WWE Champion. He's been United States Champion. He's held the tag team titles with Omos. They're no longer a team. So at this point, he either needs to go to SmackDown or go to NXT. And I feel like in NXT, it would help out with the star power a little bit. And also, I feel like AJ Styles could get a breath of fresh air. Plus, AJ said the biggest regret that he has in his career in WWE is that he did didn't go to NXT. He went straight to the main roster when he debuted. His debut, ironically, was at the Royal Rumble, which is where this month's pay-per-view is taking place. And it's actually going to be next Saturday. So, in fact, next Saturday will rant will mark about six years that AJ Styles has been in WWE. I mean, there's nothing left for him to do on the main roster. So, I would love to see him step into the ring in NXT and be more of an NXT star. Then they announced the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic is returning to NXT uh, basically in two weeks, or actually on this week's NXT, technically, is when the men's division is supposed to start. And then the women is supposed to be in February is when their their tournament's going to start. So it'll be intriguing to see the brackets for the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. And of course, it's a tournament that lasts quite a few weeks. So it's going to be good to uh, see them fill the void and, you know, add some more matches to the card. And also, yeah, it's a great way to fill up the card and kill time. So I'll be intrigued to see how this Tag Team Classic plays out. Next AJ Styles comes out to the ring, grabs a microphone. The fans loudly chant his name, and AJ says he never tires of hearing that. He says he's won a lot of championships, too, and thanks the fans for being along for the ride. However, we he also has some regrets. When he first started NXT, he wasn't in NXT, debuted the Royal Rumble within months. He was on WrestleMania facing Chris Jericho. However, there's something special about NXT. He says it's the passion the fans have for the superstars. He doesn't care if it's 1.0 or 2.0. Passion makes NXT tick. He'll be damned if someone like Grayson Waller is going to take that passion from the fans. AJ starts talking about Waller, but gets interrupted by the man himself, who doesn't look ready to wrestle. Waller says he gives credit where it's due. AJ is tugging at the heartstrings. Waller says AJ is throwing shade at him, distract from the fact that he got crushed by almost last night. He says he doesn't buy the crap that Styles wishes he'd started in NXT. Waller insults a fan and says he won't let AJ blame his loss last night on a loss tonight. Styles says Waller is right. He's hurt, so why doesn't Waller take advantage of that. All they need is a referee and they can do it right now. Waller says they're on his time, not AJ's. Waller says it's not happening tonight. They need the spotlight. They 
can do it next week in the main event where he gets the biggest victory of his career. AJ says it will be the biggest embarrassment of his career. Waller falls out of the ring, so AJ goes out and rolls him back in. Waller attacks Styles as he gets in the ring and mocks him, but AJ hits a Pele kick. Waller throws AJ to the apron. Styles wants a phenomenal forearm, but Waller rolls from the ring, so he's able to escape. And all I gotta say about that is, smart move on Waller's part. And I gotta say, I loved this segment. I loved the back and forth between Styles and Waller, but I did have one complaint. Just one complaint. And that complaint is this. Why would they have this match on next week's NXT? Now, normally this is the part where I would say, why the fuck are you giving something away on free television? But then again, New Year's Evil is on free television. But New Year's Evil is supposed to be your big show. This is supposed to be a big event. It's the equivalent to AEW's Winter is Coming. Why would you not have a big profile match on your big major show? Why put it on a regular episode of NXT? To me, that's fucking dumb. There shouldn't even been a confrontation. They should have booked this match right when Waller showed up on Monday Night Raw and was mocking AJ Styles, and AJ brought him into the ring. That should have ended it right fucking there. Right there, AJ should have called him into the ring, challenged him to a match to promote more people to tune in to NXT New Year's Evil who wouldn't normally tune in because it's Monday Night Raw, and they most people who watch Raw don't watch NXT, and most people watch NXT tend to not watch Raw and SmackDown. So this would have been a good way to sell people on getting more eyes on the show, on your big show. So I thought that was fucking dumb. But either way, we're getting the match, so we look forward to seeing it. And on that note, we cut to uh, Pete Dunn, who cuts a promo on Tony D'Angelo and says he poked the bear. He holds up a bandage hand and asks that that's the best he can do. Dunn says it's far from over. He isn't just going to walk away. He's going to rip his arm out of the socket and stomp his face in the ground. Next week, he can face him and try to finish the job. Dunn tells him to bring the crowbar and says he's going to need it. Now, of course, this ends up turning into a crowbar on a pole match. Which, of course, is making everybody immediately think, oh, Vince Russo's back. Don't worry, don't worry, don't panic. Vince Russo is not back. And from what I've seen, he's never going to come back. (laughs) But that is what you're, but it definitely made me realize that Triple H is definitely not in charge of NXT anymore. In fact, Bruce Pritchard is definitely at the helm. Uh, Whether Vince is involved in it, I don't know, but I know it's been confirmed that Bruce Pritchard is behind NXT now. So, all I gotta say is, I'm going to make this the exception to the rule that I just gave out, where I said about, you know, why are you not putting big matches on your big show? Well, obviously, you know, Pete Dunne has an injured hand. So I wouldn't expect him to show up at New Year's Evil. I can understand saying, all right, next week, I'm going to kick your ass. I'm injured right now. So that makes sense. That's a There's a valid reason for this match to take place next week and not on the actual pay-per-view itself. Or, I know technically it's not a pay-per-view, but it's a special TV event, whatever the fuck we're going to call it. I'm just going to call it a pay-per-view because it's easier for me. But I get it, okay? It would make sense for them to have that match next week. Because you got to have at least something for next week. And this is something that can easily go there. Now, on that note, we're going to move on to the next match of the evening. God help us all. Imperium versus MSK and Riddle. This was hands down the worst match of the night. 
And I know there's going to be some people out there going, is he really going to shit all over this match? Yes, I am. I promise I won't take up too long because you guys already know how I feel about uh, MSK. And if you've been following the NXT recaps back when uh, John was here with me, uh, you know how I feel about Matt Riddle. In fact, if you've watched any of the watch parties, you know exactly how I feel about Douche Riddle and how I hate his fucking guts. I made that very clear. Basically, this was a match where Imperium tried to wrestle and MSK and Riddle did everything in their power to not wrestle and instead just flip, flop, fly and almost die. That's pretty much what this match was. Flippity, floppity bullshit. That's all this match was. And the rare moments when Imperium could have the upper hand, they were able to slow it down somewhat. But in the end, you know, this is what happens. Walter hits a seated senton to Nash, lifts him up for powerbomb, gets countered with a Frankensteiner at one point. Like, it was just flippity-floppity shit. And of course, you know, Riddle hits the floating bro, then he hits the RKO, because now that him and Randy Orton are a tag team, it's suddenly okay for Matt Riddle to steal all of Randy Orton's moves as he used them all. All throughout the match. The draping DDT, the RKO, all this shit. And people are going to justify it by saying, well, they're RK, bro, and he's allowed to do that. No, no, it just means Riddle's lacking originality. But he's not the most unoriginal wrestler in, in, in wrestling today. That title still belongs to the Unbooks. But this match was a total waste of fucking time. And it made Imperium look stupid. It did. It embarrassed Imperium. And because of that, I can't reward it anything. And on that note, uh, Harland and Joe Gacy are interviewed backstage. Uh, Gacy says Harland is working through some things, thinking about the things people have said about him in the past. Gacy says the two of them competing in the Dusty Cup would make them both happy, and they'd love to prove to the committee that they're a viable team. So, obviously, this is Joe Gacy, and this is what I love about his gimmick. Again, he's like, we're not looking for handouts. We're not looking to be given anything. We want to earn our spot and prove that we're actually a tag team, which I thought was intriguing because Joe Gacy's whole thing is about being, you know, a safe space, snowflake kind of person, and usually snowflake like everything handed to them. They don't like to work hard for anything. And so I thought that was kind of a weird twist on the part of Joe Gacy to actually be a safe space snowflake that actually wants to work. That doesn't want something just handed to him because most people in that group, the snowflakes, the woke people, the cancel culture people, they don't like to work for anything. And they always try to find reasons why it's wrong to make them work for stuff when it's just be handed to them on a silver platter. They don't know the value of hard work. Probably never will. So I thought that was a twist on Joe Gacy's part, but still thought it was intriguing. Next, we see a helicopter arriving at the Capitol Wrestling Center and it's the NXT Women's Champion Mandy Rose. She says this is how the champion arrives and her match is up next so basically they're stealing a page out of Charlotte Flair's playbook because she did this same shit at uh, Wrestlemania a few years back which all it did was further remind me of my hatred for Charlotte Flair and the hatred that I've had for Mandy Rose for so long so I, I guess in a way it worked but I feel like they copied this from Charlotte next we cut to Electra Lopez who was interviewed backstage she says, everyone wants to know what's going on with her and Zion Quinn. 
Well, they can keep wondering. She joined Legado del Fantasma because Santos Escobar knew she was a difference maker. Family comes first, and she is attracted to success, so she makes no apologies. People still want an answer. Next week, Quinn faces Escobar, and the winner will leave with her. Well, first of all, let me just say I'm glad we're finally going to put an end to this because I really feel like we need to. But second of all, let me just say this. Again, just like I said with Styles and Waller, this is a rivalry that has been ongoing for weeks and months. This is a storyline that has gone on for weeks and months. Why not end this at your big TV event? Again, you're ending it next week. Why next week? Why not now? Why not on your big event when this thing has been building and building and building? This is where the conclusion of rivalry should be, is on the big show. Not the week after the big show. Not the Raw after the big show. Not the SmackDown after the big show. On the big fucking show. Why is this so hard for bookers to grasp? Can someone tell me that? Like I said, I'm not a professional booker. And even I know this. This should be, the blowout should be on New Year's Evil, not next week. Again, this is fucking stupidity. But on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening for the NXT Women's Championship. And speaking of stupidity, I'm about to talk about a big stupid moment in this match. Mandy Rose defends the title against Cora Jade and Raquel Gonzalez. This was a solid triple threat match. As you guys know, I am not a big fan of triple threat matches, but this is one of the few that I will tip my hat off to. It was done very well. 99% of the things that happened in this match looked believable, and the women brought the house down. Mandy Rose showed that she is still getting better and better in the ring. I'm becoming a Mandy Rose fan, and I never thought in a billion years I'd ever fucking say that. To see her improvement is amazing, and it gives me hope for people out there who can't wrestle, because Mandy Rose used to be a terrible fucking wrestler. She was a centerfold bitch, but now she is be quickly becoming one of the baddest bitches in the building, and I'm loving every minute of it. Now, though, I will say, the 1% that didn't look believable and did piss me off was on the part of Raquel, Raquel Gonzalez. Big mommy cool. Chiquita. Hate to break this to you. But here's what I thought was stupid. At one point in the match, Raquel picks Cora up over her head. Cora Jade for a gorilla press and dumps her outside the ring. Mandy Rose sees this and moves out of the way, which was the smartest thing I've seen a wrestler do in forever, by the way. And then Mandy Rose runs for the hills. Raquel Gonzalez chases after Mandy Rose, grabs Mandy Rose, throws her back in the ring, hits her with a couple of moves and attempts to pin her. Here's why I think... Raquel's a fucking idiot because, hey, Chiquita, you have an unconscious girl outside the ring already. Also, it's a triple threat match. The champion does not have to be pinned to win the title. Let Mandy Rose run like a scared little bitch. Get out of the ring. Grab Cora Jade. Throw her in the ring. Pin her one, two, three, and the title is yours. But no, let's let's leave the unconscious girl outside the ring and go chase the live girl and bring her in the ring. Yeah, let's make let's make one of our baddest bitches look fucking dumb. Let's do that. Let's please do that. As soon as that happened, that took me out of the match right there. Again, it was a solid match, but after that, I couldn't believe anything else that Raquel Gonzalez did in this match. She looked like the dumbest fucking woman I'd ever seen in a wrestling ring. That was fucking retarded. 
And that's how you know we've entered the Twilight Zone when I'm praising Mandy Rose and giving Raquel Gonzalez shit. Cora Jade, she proved that she's the underdog and put up one hell of a fight. She did. There were times where she stole the show. She was hitting move after move. Everything looked believable. All the high spots were done properly. This was a great triple threat match. Then, of course, Cora attempts a roll-up. Mandy counters with one of her own and gets the pinfall to retain. So, while a part of me isn't all the way happy that Mandy Rose is still the NXT Women's Champion, I can't deny she put on a great match. I can't deny that Cora Jade is definitely going to be a future Women's Champion. I see her getting that belt. If she doesn't win that belt, she's at least going to be a tag team champion. But Raquel, she needs to get a brain to match the brawn because she made herself look like a fucking moron in this match. She did. I can't I can't pretend that she didn't make herself look stupid because she clearly looked like a fucking idiot when this match was over. All right. And on that note, we cut to outside with MSK and Riddle. Dear God. They're outside the arena. Riddle congratulates them on their win. He says he's happy they've gotten this far and it's time for them to go their separate ways. It isn't goodbye. It's see you later for now. And the three of them hug. After Riddle leaves on the scooter, the Creed brothers appear and tell MSK they plan on winning the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. Okay. Well, the good news is Riddle's not going to be on NXT anymore for a while. So I'll be able to be rid of him, at least until the Rumble. But unfortunately, I still have to see MSK. Now, in order for MSK to get another tag team title shot, they'd have to win the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic again. And you already know if they do, you're not going to see me enjoying NXT for a while, if that is the case. But one thing I do need to address here is that the Creed brothers plan on winning the Tag Team Classic. Dear God, I hope they do. Because I am a huge fan of the Creed Brothers. And if Imperium is going to lose the tag team titles, it needs to be to the Creed Brothers. They are badass. They are dominant. They look great. They look believable. They're the most believable tag team on the roster right now. The Creed Brothers are the most deserving of the NXT tag team titles. They, they, they are, hands down. I would love to see the Creed Brothers win it all. So they are definitely uh, my pick, at least for now, in the Tag Team Classic because I don't know the other tag teams are going to be in the bracket, but I am intrigued to see how they get in how they win and who else is going to be in it next Andre Chase comes to the ring he says last week was a teachable moment he was in deep trouble when one of his students risked life and limb to protect him that's the kind of bond they have between the students and faculty at Andre Chase University he's very glad Harlan didn't follow through and toss his student off the roof of the CWC for his heroics and selflessness Chase wants to recognize the student a man he is proud of a man he has watched grow up and the recipient of the first ever full scholarship. Before his student can come to the ring, Von Wagner comes out. Wagner tells the fans to shut up. He says he hears the boos and the negative comments, but when he steps in the ring, they love him. They, they want to tune in to watch Von Wagner to see who he beats next. And let's be real, he only needs to be liked by those who matter and the fans don't matter. He's everything they are not and everything Andre Chase is not. Chase starts to speak, but Wagner hits him with a clothesline and lands an angle slam. Wagner ch chokes Chase in the corner, then goes out of the ring to confront the student that saved Chase and drags him over the barricade. Wagner then starts pulling fans over the barricade, and he's quickly dragged away by security and referees. And then next, we see him being escorted out of the building to the trainer's room, where Roderick Strong is icing his shoulder. They exchange a stare. All right. Well, that was interesting. And the whole time I'm watching this segment, all I'm thinking to myself is, we could have had a couple matches here. We didn't need this shit. 
but I guess they want to build it up to this point. So here we go. Looks like Andre Chase and Von Wagner are about to get into a feud or Wagner could be feuding with Roderick Strong since he just lost his Cruiserweight title. So God only knows what's going to happen next. But all I got to say is I was impressed with Von Wagner's promo, mostly because it accurately sums up the WWE logic. You know, he, he gets booed and negative comments and everything, but then people cheer when he shows up because they love to see the violence. But what I also loved about it was he said, I only have to be liked by those who matter and the fans don't matter. That unfortunately is the brutal truth of WWE. And if you don't believe me, look at Charlotte Flair. Look at Matt Riddle. Look at The Miz. That is living proof that if the people who matter like you, it doesn't really matter if the fan, what the fans think. And unfortunately, that's going to be the downfall of WWE. If they don't get their act together, if they don't straighten up and fucking fly right, they're not going to last very long in the eyes of the fans. They're eventually going to give up hope. Most have given up already. And you know who they are because they're the ones watching AEW every week. Hell, even John, the NXT correspondent, has considered jumping over to AEW, which is going to suck if he actually follows through with that because then who's going to recap NXT with me? So I definitely want John to come back because I love his perspective on the business. But once I'm uh, completely healed from my illness, I'll be looking to bring John back. Uh, but anyway, that's all I really got to say about this segment was, you know, Von Wagner telling the brutal truth and the rest of it was just meh you know even pulling the fans out i we know their plans so it's hard to get too excited next cameron cuts a promo about his 2021 he says it was a year of highs and lows and maybe it's time to stop chasing green and start chasing gold couldn't agree more i would love to see cameron grimes actually you know chase fucking gold and become a champion in nxt you know, I mean, I think it's time for him to stop taking things. So being, being such a joker and get more serious and start chasing for titles, because then maybe Cameron Grimes will do a lot better. I mean, he's already popular in the eyes of the fans, but at some point you got to stop being a comedy act and start taking yourself more seriously if you want to be a champion. Otherwise, you're going to embarrass yourself and you won't be able to climb out of the comedy hole. And on that note, we move on to the main event of the evening for the NXT Championship. Tommaso Ciampa defends the title against Braun Breaker. This was an amazing main event. Loved it. Loved every goddamn minute of it. This was by far one of the best NXT main events I'd seen in a long time. Braun Breaker and Tommaso Ciampa brought the fight to each other. These two damn near killed each other. There were near falls. There were crazy moments from the Widow's Bell to the fairy tale ending. Breaker kicking out. The fans going crazy and barking. Like, that's how you knew they were on Braun Breaker's side. And they're going, who, who, who? You know, shades of uh, Rick Steiner. It was great. These guys killed each other. And in the end, Braun Breaker does a bulldog from the middle rope. Shades of his father, Rick Steiner. And then locks in the Steiner recliner. Shades of his uncle, Big Papa Pump. And to everyone's shock, including mine, Tommaso Ciampa taps out the winner and the new NXT champion, Braun Breaker. This is a great passing of the torch moment, especially since NXT doesn't have a lot of stars right now. And I've got a feeling that Tommaso Ciampa is going to the main roster. And as far as I'm concerned, he should go to the main roster because there's nothing left for Ciampa to do in NXT. There really isn't. He needs to go to the main roster and let's see if Ciampa can make it in SmackDown or Raw. In fact, I think he's probably going to debut at the Royal Rumble. I think he might be one of the picks to go in and then eventually, you know, 
work his way into one of the brands and get a title shot somewhere. But he needs to because there's, like I said, there's nothing left for him to do really in NXT. He's done it all, basically. So now he just needs to go to the main roster. We need Braun Breaker to get some solid challengers behind him. And I look forward to seeing what Braun Breaker can do as NXT champion. I want to see if he can deliver. Uh, He's still green in a few areas, but I'm kind of giving him a pass because NXT is developmental. So even though he's green in some areas, he's not in others. So Braun Breaker, he just needs to get better and better in the ring, and he will earn that NXT championship. As far as I'm concerned, he's already earned it, and he's standing on his own two feet. So yes, even though his father is Rick Steiner and his uncle is Scott Steiner, and he used a couple of their moves in the match, he's not a carbon copy of either one of them. He's his own man, and he's trying to become his own man because he knows he has big shoes to fill. So I'm excited to see what Braun Breaker's going to do in NXT. I'm very excited. I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait to see how he does. And that, ladies and gentlemen, will conclude this recap of NXT's New Year's Evil. I thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, make sure you guys follow the Boochcast. We're on Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, and Google Podcasts. Pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there. Or be a super fan and follow us on all four hosting sites. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to Facebook.com slash the Boochcast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as great content. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Boochcast. Get the latest tweets, photos, and videos. Videos. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Just type in the Boochcast in the YouTube search bar. You'll find us there. We have all of our, check out all our great videos. Boochcast reviews, Dark Side of the Ring, our archive watch parties, our D&D one shot, funny skits, holiday videos. Check them all out. And of course, hit that subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified. So you can check all the Boochcast YouTube content that will be coming soon, including new episodes of Boochcast Reviews Dark Side of the Ring, as we're currently in the process of recording a few more. I got a few that I need to edit as well, so they'll be coming down the pike, as well as some other great content that I got in the works. Also, make sure you follow us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash theboochcast. That's where we do our live watch parties. Uh... As of right now, we're still hoping to do the watch party on January 29th for the WWE Royal Rumble. Uh, I just need to get over my uh, sickness. I need to get some of the teammates together that can get together. Uh, But once we're able to figure everything out, hopefully we will have a Royal Rumble watch party for you. Otherwise, it'll just be me by myself, just like night two of WrestleMania. Hopefully it'll be a lot better, though. Also, we're going to have our D&D show coming later this year. It's one of the plans for 2022. It's got to get the team together to figure that shit out. Also, our gaming show will be coming soon, hosted by Elvis Delinsky. So be on the lookout for all that coming soon to the Twitch channel on the Boochcast. And, of course, you can support the Boochcast by going to anchor.fm slash the Boochcast slash support. Become a supporter of the Boochcast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. We got three levels you can donate at. All, but all with prizes coming soon. The first level is, of course, 99 cents per month. This is for fans who want to contribute to the show but can't spend a lot of money and they don't want to risk breaking the bank because the last thing we would ever do is force our fans to give us money. Obviously, if you got bills you got to pay, if you got a family to support and you just can't give any money, we understand completely. You can still listen to the show. But if you want to donate but are not able to donate a lot, 99 cents is where you can go because it's easy. Just give us 99 cents per month. Take care of your bills. Take care of your family. And we thank you for supporting the show. You can also go to the second level, which is you can donate for 
$4.99 per month. The same amount of money you would pay for a Peacock subscription. I know a lot of you guys out there aren't fans of the Peacock, so don't give them money. Give us money. We got better content than the Peacock anyway. And we got the third and final level you can donate at, which is for a mere $9.99. That's right. Same amount of money we used to pay for a WWE Network subscription here in the United States. Ever since sold to the Peacock, we no longer have that option. So you got nowhere to put that $9.99. So take that $9.99, bring it over here. We got better content than the network. And unlike the WWE, we actually care about our fans and we're dedicated to giving the people what they want. You have the option of paying with a credit card or with GPay. And the best part is um, you can cancel at any time. You won't get a refund, but you can cancel at any time. And of course, uh, Anchor has, um, you know, links you can go to if you want to check out their cancellation policy or find out about their privacy policy that basically tells them that we do not have access to any of your private information. At best, we might get your first and last name and we would just use that to give you a shout out here on the Boochcast for being a great fan if we even got that. So don't worry about that. We have no interest in your privacy data. The only money we want from you is the money you're willing to donate to help out the show. And the best part is if you donate to the Boochcast, all your money you know exactly where it goes. Back into the show we use that money to upgrade our equipment bring in bigger name guests pay our bills and take care of our guys who work very hard on and off the air to make the booch cast successful so if you got a favorite co-host and you believe they deserve to be paid for the hard work that they do anchor.fm slash the booch cast slash support is how you make that happen and if there's any money left over after all that's said and done we use the rest of the money to feed zach ramen noodles and try to get him laid and until next time this is Vinny bucci aka a the booch saying keep on living life and take care this has been the booch cast we'll talk to you guys next time until then pizza baby well i see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all goodbye goodbye so long so long farewell farewell adieu adieu be good stay well bye bye keep warm relax and eat take care stay loose adieu mon vieux à la prochaine goodbye till when we meet